0: guys so much for coming to the first ever Talking Shop podcast here at the Steel City Improv Theater. Uh, I'm Brian Gray, your host. My guest tonight, I've known for 10 years and I've improvised with for six years. Uh, I, When I first met him, I encouraged him to come and audition for my group uh, because of his just complete commitment to comedy. It, it was so complete that uh, it would ruin his plans for the night. Uh, his strangers, sometimes strangers' perception of him, and of course his physical well being as he would throw himself into walls in my house. As he's been diving deeper, deeper into improv here, he's now a teacher and coach and a performer at the Steel City Improv Theater. You know him as the creator of shows like The Death Show and Cold Soup, as a performer in Irony City, in the Union, our teacher team, in the writer's room most recently, and as a coach of. Groups like Ed and Other Mammals, Nebby Specters, and the Adventure Syndicate. Please welcome to the stage, Greg Gelati. (laughs) I wrote that intro for you. (laughs) Uh, Thanks so much for coming out, Greg. Oh, My pleasure. Uh, so let's dive right in here. Mike Capristo, who used to teach here, um, described offered this description of of playing with you. He said every scene has the potential to be the most fun ever. Uh, almost everyone I talked to about you mentioned unconditional support, uh, supporting everything you see with passionate reactions. Those are direct quotes, and so on. Uh, uh, when you look back on on your body of work, uh, do you do you see it the same way? Do you do you see yourself as oh, that kind no. of? Oh <laughs> no! No no
1: no 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 no! Really? Uh, absolutely not. That's like one of the things I think I'm really bad at. In fact, is uh, I think I'm actually pretty bad at support because I think that I always try to drive. I still. That's something I've never really been able. I I, I think I'm a writer on stage. Um, I've made that decision about myself, and I find it really hard to uh, uh, to shake that. Even when I watch myself play, sometimes I still I still just have this sort of preconceived notion, and I just I don't shake it. So I always think I'm like driving the bus. That's what I feel like.
0: Uh, do, you, do you feel like those are are at odds? So your ability to uh, to support the the scene or the group that's playing, and um, and that inclination to to write or direct. In the senior end?
1: Well, I think that it's one of those things that can go out of control real fast. Like, um, in general, uh, uh, writing is bad because when you're writing, you're not listening. I mean, there's, a, there's, a, there's this line you can cross where you're giving and endowing and putting a gift out there. Or, uh, or sharpening uh, whatever the moment is, and that's one thing. It's another thing to just start, like, uh, trying to pave a road going in one direction uh, re- and just sort of shutting out the other person. Uh, that latter thing to me is writing. Everything before that, I think, is just good back-and-forth play.
0: Yeah. Do you have you done any comedy writing, or how do you, how do you no. get into that writerly place?
1: I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I think, um, in fact, I can't write. I just I, I sit and I and I cannot type. Um, I just feel like I'm a person that uh, uh, will start something and throw it away because I think it's horrible immediately. Which is why improv is great because I don't get that opportunity to just bail. I have to do like I'm out there. I'm up there. I'm with a person uh the moment is now and uh there you can't be a coward you have to be there uh writing you can be a coward all ding dong day you can just sit there and surf the web or just not do anything and just stare at a google doc for 40 minutes
0: do do you ever feel that way about your shows like after the show is done that what you just did was like you said about your writing was terrible or like that you're not Happy with the work you did there? I, Yeah, Yeah,
1: I think everyone has that kind of feeling. You come off stage and you're in a heightened sense. You're like in a heightened place. I think any show, and it's sort of magnified one way or the other, you know, like, great show. Like, you feel really good. When you hit it out of the park, it's the best feeling in the world. Um, when you drive it into the ground or just stumble, <laughs> yeah, it sucks, but you, you feel it. There are very few times I've come off stage just going, hmm, Yeah. what's next? Because <laughs> that, that would actually be scary. That would be really scary to just, like, come out do a show and then come off and just not have any investment in what happened. That'd be awful.
0: (laughs) Uh, on that somber note, let me pick it up a little bit. So you, you had talked about, um, investing in the moment. You taught a workshop here. Uh, I believe it was last year called right now in the moment. It was focused on making choices, um, in, in, in the present over writing and directing. Um, so I, I think you and I both share that instinct to, to write as you were talking about and, and direct, uh, how how do you in practice live out kind of what you were teaching? Like, what do you use to stay in the moment on stage and kind of kick yourself out of that?
1: Uh, I, the, the the I hate saying tools, but like I have some tools I kind of use. Uh, I I throw myself out. I just let I just make myself go out and do something. I just start talking. Like I don't know what's in my head, but I start moving my mouth and just whatever comes out. I have to follow it. It's it's sort of like jumping into a pool mentality. Um, that I find the most effective because, um, well, that and uh, just having something to busy yourself with. And I don't just mean object work or like having a task. I mean having something that is an anchor for your character, a reason why you're there, something that you can own but not have to think about. You know, just something to push off against, whether that be an emotional state, a, um, a, a strong want from a person or from a situation, or uh, even just something as, uh, as simple as a physical posture, I find kind of inspiring. I, I, I think posture's a underrated tool. Um, look at a person like uh, uh, Pittsburgh's own Dan Dirks that dude owns <laughs> posture like yeah. nobody else. And it's just a really, really, like, it, it's, it's powerful. And uh, something as simple as that can, I think, uh, break the, oh, what am I doing,
0: what's next, kind okay. of voice. I, so do you find that you'll start a scene, uh, so you'll always start with that kind of tool to pull yourself into the moment? Or is it something like, while the scene's going, you're like, hey, I'm writing, I'm directing, I'm going to pull one of these out and you know, bring... It's usually reconnect. at the
1: top... Because I think that's why I'm in the most danger of of um, of writing. I feel like if I'm in the middle of the scene and I start thinking, like, oh, I'm writing. Oh, man, the battle's already lost. Like, I'm already like, right back in my head. And uh, in that case, I just try to shut the fuck up because I'm a talker. And I will just talk and talk and talk. And when I'm talking, I'm writing. And when I'm writing, I'm directing. So, that's But that's a bad place to be in is when you're in the middle of the scene going, oh,
0: shit. So that, that's a good segue good too. So uh, are there any um, specific moments or, or discoveries that you can think of specifically that have kind of fundamentally shaped or, or changed the way you work? Uh, you can think of kind of in time, whether it's a note or just a discovery you made.
1: Uh, there are a couple moments that sort of stick out in my head. Um, one of the first ones was the first time I saw Hustlebot do a Herald. Um, that's when uh, irony city was doing a lot of short form and we saw them at the future tenant in downtown pittsburgh and they were uh opened up by i think wrestling team <laughs> It was a sketch group that now moved to philly a lot of background you don't need to know about uh but they did a they did a herald they did the first like long for, form that i saw live and i found that like so cool yeah. because it wasn't anything like the short form we were doing not that I'm bagging on short form, but it was just very different. It was the first time I saw people like kind of just exploring an idea rather than exploring a mechanism, which is a lot of times what short form can be. It can be exploring a mechanism rather than a moment.
0: Was it just that... Exploration of the idea that intrigued you? Yeah. Or is yeah. there more? Yeah, yeah. okay.
1: See, seeing a long-form show that hangs together is really exciting. Like, that's that's one of the things that really draws me to it, is that sort of aha towards the end where you see threads coming together, you see ideas and a statement being made. That's the best part.
0: W- would you say that's uh, when you have the most fun on stage as well as when those thoughts and ideas are coming together?
1: Or? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're asking me if the most fun I have on stage is when things are successful,
0: yes, Brian. Yeah, yeah. When things are going great, I feel good. Well, not, I mean, specifically when, like, connections are happening or, like, do you have fun just, you know, uh, I don't know. I think there's a lot of things that could be fun. Like, would you say, let me just ask it broadly, when, when do you have the most fun on stage? Uh When
1: I have the most fun on stage is when I feel like the group mind's clicked. Everyone's on the same page. Everyone's having fun with the same idea. That's when I feel best on stage. When I feel best watching a show Mm -hmm. is when I see inspiration hit multiple points and come together. That's my favorite part. I love seeing um, a group that suddenly clicks into place about, aha, this is the juicy red center of whatever we're working on. That, to me, is my favorite part. Um, second to uh, puns.
0: <laughs> you always been a fan of puns?
1: Yeah, I like dumb wordplay. It's not dumb. I like wordplay. I do.
0: I, I agree, do. it's not dumb. Like, I always feel bad doing that in a show, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is a rare spice. Don't use it too much. You can't just be pun after pun after pun.
0: God, look at all these cards I know, I have too many cards Uh, I (laughs) want to talk to you a little bit though about uh, Your teachings, you've been teaching here um, And coaching For uh, A couple years?
1: Yeah, I guess so, how long have we been doing this? Probably a year and a half
0: Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, oh this one has another quote I have a quote from someone in uh, Nebby Spectres, which is a group that you've been (laughs) Anonymous? Uh (laughs) 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 I can name names, but Mm -hmm. I won't Uh so uh, this cast member says, Nebby Spectres are my absolute favorite rehearsals because of Greg. You can tell he cares from all the research and thought he puts into everything. He's going to do twice as much work as he asks you to do. Um... I find that really, really amazing, uh, and it, what intrigued me about it was just if you could talk... <laughs> I like this show. Yeah, uh, that's great. Uh, if you could talk a little bit about the research and work that went into that show or into shows that you, you coach. Uh,
1: well, the, the well, with Nebbies in particular, I found that to be just a very intriguing idea because it's such a different show. It's 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 a lot of work because it has a lot of layers. It has this. For those of you who have never seen the Nebby Specters, uh, real fast. It's this. It's it's a homage to the Doubtful Guests, which is a San Francisco group. <laughs> I don't remember. what Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Thank you. Thank you. That's that hardcore research that I do. <laughs> uh, but what it is is uh, it's it 's a meta play you have these characters that are consistent that are carried over and evolve from show to show to show that get up and then do a show for you so there 's a show within a show that 's uh, pretty much that 's the the central conceit which is very different from anything that I'd done before and so uh, what I dove into for that particular project and I found really intriguing was setting up a narrative in a show that could be done consistently it 's very hard, but there are a lot of really like it, it. And it's putting together the tools for actors to use to effectively communicate a narrative arc is very interesting um, because it requires several different layers of listening, both in the moment in the scene and feeling the progression of a show and agreeing on all together how you're pushing motivations back and forth and back and forth. Um, So it's a very different feeling than something that's structured like Harold or something that's structured just like, or not very structured, like a montage. Or um, it was a very different feeling, but kind of similar to when I did Cold Soup, which was long mono scenes that were going to be hopefully analogous to each other, two 20-minute long scenes, which I also found to be a different uh, change of pace from what I'd known as the standard long form, which in standard long form was very heraldy or montage just short three to five minute scenes, usually no narrative thread, more conceptual stuff being put together.
0: But before we get too far off it, can you talk a little bit more about what those tools are? So, if you, when you go to Nevi Spectrum, here, we're doing some more of this narrative thread and you look at these actor tools. So, like, what what specifically were you able to work on, whether they're exercises or just things that you thought, like, I want to push to this group?
1: Well, the the core of the narrative exercises is the story spine, and uh, I wish we knew to talk about this because I'm going to blank on the author's name of how to improvise a full-length play.
0: Sorry, we could put it in the show notes. Yeah, post it. Put it in the <laughs> post.
1: Um, he, he does this uh, story spine, which is basically a skeleton for the entire narrative arc, and there are a lot of in this book, which I'd highly recommend to anyone doing a narrative show, um, there are a lot of iterative steps to to understanding um, an effective way to do a compelling, concise, and emotionally relevant story arc. Um, and it's all based on this uh, idea that you have two characters, they affect each other, then you all agree on a question of the play. Like, what is going to happen and it usually has to boil it onto a yes no question and then you answer that and that's it and from like a ten thousand feet level that's as simple as it is as you zoom in there's a lot more of like kind of best practices of how you approach getting to the question of play and resolving the question of the play but um that's kind of a structure that was very different than saying like oh we're gonna have three scenes that are related spread out through this show thing was
0: this Oh, this book was uh, around. Was about improv, or was something from It's about like improv. Theater? Yeah, okay. it's
1: specifically for improvising a play.
0: Full I, play. And Ken Adams, thank you. Thank you, Jay Z. Uh, was it was it something that? And what was it? Was it this show that made you go and look into that book, or yep. was something you were interested in? Yeah, because
1: I saw them and I thought it was such a neat idea. I was like, oh, I, know, I want to dig into this stuff, uh, and so I did. It was really uh,
0: nice. so an, a lot of fun. Another, uh, I think this is another Nebby Specters. Cast member, uh, but I want to talk a little bit about rehearsals. Uh, describes your rehearsals as active and engaging at all times, without lots of abstract discussion like this. Uh, is that is that a goal of yours, uh, both in rehearsals you coach and in, in, in like your approach to the work?
1: That's actually really interesting to hear. Um, <laughs> I am a huge fan of abstract, um, uh, uh, of using abstract games to teach concrete ideas. Uh, so I guess in Nebbies, I, I, I keep it so tied to pushing that story spine and really adhering to it, because it's a difficult concept. and It's a concept you really have to have baked into your brain that I probably keep that one much more focused on. Okay, we're going to do this. We're going to drill this. We're going to do this again, and then take 20 minutes to do character work. But then we're going <laughs> to drill this, and drill this, and drill this. And so that's different than, I think, my normal approach, which is much more like I like doing stuff that... Removes your brain from having to do a fully fledged scene, but works on stuff that is necessary to have a successful stage presence or successful um, scene with other people.
0: Well, and to to me, the quote is about too, like sort of more um, uh, how much how much are we engaging people on stage, and how much are we kind of talking about the work? Like, I know I'm probably less so. Like from that quote, my reaction was like. I probably have more abstract discussion and less active and engaging. Is that something that you look to do, or is it is it depend on the group or the it
1: depends on the context? group? Um, I usually like to tailor whatever I'm doing to strengths that I find in the players that are, or or strengths of the people that are, uh, of the, the form that they've chosen. I've coached a lot of duos, and I think one of the most fun parts of, a, of coaching a duo is finding out kind of like, oh, this is what they're good at, or like they have a real aptitude for this, and trying to push in, pushing them that way, or taking them out of kind of a, just a standard montage with two people. And I think that uh, of late, there have been a lot of great duos here doing really interesting forms that do exactly that, that tailor themselves. Which is super important. If you're going to be in a group and, like, you know, you're just doing a practice group and you're just doing scenes, that's fun. But have someone else there watching and make the show yours. Like, find something that works for you. Set yourself up for success.
0: Uh, That's a really good segue to something that I may or may not have time for. But let's dig into a couple questions about creating new shows. Um, Because you've created, you mentioned Cold Soup. Uh, you've, You've conceived of and created a few shows for the skit, as I mentioned at the top. Um, I think the one most people associate with you is The Death Show. Uh, can, can you just tell me a little bit about the process you have for creating a new show that's kind of like in your brain and how you'd go about taking this idea and making it a reality?
1: I wish there was a process. It's just, <laughs> oh, that'd be fun to do. Uh, it's really just that. I was Cold soup came when I was bored at work in a meeting, and I wrote down the words, cold soup.
0: This is going on the internet, by the uh... way. Yeah, that's fine. That was, it was
1: a boring meeting. Boring meetings happen. Uh, hi, Omar. Uh, uh, I just wrote it down, and uh, for some reason, uh, I actually just like that name. And I developed a thing around that name and around the improv that I like. Both of my shows are totally kind of masturbatory. Uh, the death show was an excuse for me to play with people I don't get to play with, like mm-hmm. to just pull in random, like, like people. It's like, oh, I kind of like your work. Are you free? Come on out. Let's play. We're not on teams normally. And cold soup was me getting some of my favorite improvisers together and saying, I want you to play slow and organic. And that's it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so the death show interested you because you wanted to play with rounds of people. Uh, what was it? That, like, how did that concept gel for you in terms of how, like, the theme of the show and the format?
1: Again, I worked backwards from the name. <laughs> I, kidding, right? Yeah, I came with like, ah, you know what would be a cool name for a show? The Death Show. What would that be like? <laughs> and then I came up with a format from that is... From the marketing is,
0: concept back. Yeah,
1: yeah. I just went to the boys. So, in the lab? I don't uh, know where they make uh, names. Uh, but yeah, I started with that Death Show. What could that be? <laughs> I'm really just a catchphrase guy. <laughs> Don't think very hard.
0: So what also is interesting to me is that the the show has lasted a long time, and I think the format has not changed very much at all, because uh, I think it's very successful. Do you have any insight or thoughts? Have you thought about why it works so well?
1: I think it's just relatively simple, and it's easy for people to conce- conceptualize and join in on. Um, the The rehearsals are usually just a little bit over an hour, if that, and it's just getting the number of scenes between monologues, right? So that's it. It's just simple. It's simple. It's almost like a medium-form show, but, yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, so we're going to do some improv. Uh, I think in order for... Uh, I, I'm, I'm getting good sense. I've known you a long time of what you like. I think if you could put... Uh, if you had to put into a sentence or two, like, what in this set we're about to do, like, if you you, uh, could have the most fun, could, you know, like, what... um, Or say I'm, like, a brand-new improviser, and you're like, this is what improv really is to me. What would that be?
1: Improv is... The improv that I like are people performing comfortably and with joy and without ego. It's getting into the moment and not worrying anything about you and it's just placing yourself in the scene and making the scene it it's not rushing it it's not forcing something into it it's not necessarily just laying back and hoping something happens it's just feeling whatever the rhythm and energy is there and just living in it and not worrying not worrying's hard but don't worry (laughs)
0: let's do it
1: Can I get a uh, location that you remember from your childhood? Zimbabwe. A location that would fit on this stage. (laughs) Barn. Barn. Thank you.
2: I didn't think you'd mind if I stayed the night. You get one night. It's awful kind of
0: you, sir. I made a a blanket. You made a blanket? I I didn't, I I made a blanket out of hay.
1: Knock yourself out. (coughs) You get
0: one night and that's it. I can't thank you enough for that generosity. It might seem like you're being rude or throwing me out. But I consider you being a generous, prime, Jesus-like figure to me.
1: I'm just doing the Christian thing.
0: The, it, the light coming in from the morning behind your head actually... Cool it. Okay, cool it.
1: Cool it. Cool it. Okay? Cool. <laughs> you don't need to lay on that thick. You're not getting a second night, but you're getting tonight.
0: That's fine. fine. It's a little strange that you hung that sheep's wool up behind you. It's been sort of... Wing
2: shape.
1: (laughs) Okay, that is a little bit weird. But I assure you that was completely accidental. I I, I hung those up because they were bloody. Because I took them off the sheep. (laughs) And you gotta hang up sheepskin (laughs) somewhere. Understandable. You also have a halo above your
2: head. Okay. I can't explain that one. It's just a ring of gold. Yeah. <laughs> a golden ring
1: above your head. Every hobo that I bring <laughs> into my car comes at me because of this and goes, ah, there's a sucker. Sir, There's an angel. You have to understand. I can get a free
0: meal.
1: I'm, not, I'm I man. can just waltz right in. He's probably gonna give me some wine That's a sack. Just,
0: I would take wine, but <laughs> I'm just, I'm just. I'm, I'm not, not offering you wine, okay? <laughs> you said something about wine. I'm
1: well, saying that everyone thinks that this means I'm a good guy. It just means I have a, just means I have a halo. That's it, okay? You can't take advantage of me. I don't want. I don't want to wake up tomorrow and see like some weird hobo script on my mailbox that says, Angel lives here. Well, I, I didn't bring up that there's a hobo
0: script. <laughs> Anyone knows about a hobo script? Huh?
1: Everybody. Fat Phil told
0: me that guy's got a mouth like a
1: machine. He's, I don't know if I've met Fat Phil. I've met fat hobos. He's,
0: <laughs> he's, he's really fat. We, there's a lot of fat hobos. If we're going to call a hobo Fat Phil, he's going to be really fat. I
1: got it. There must be 3 Just huge, wore a frat hat. Is his name Phil? I didn't ask. <laughs> i never <laughs> asked one of talking. you
2: people. We, we all have names. So what's your name?
0: Machine Gun Larry. Why,
2: why <laughs> do they call you
0: Machine Gun Larry? Not for the reason you'd think. You don't shoot machine guns? <laughs> I, I shot, who hasn't shot a machine gun? But that's not why you call me Machine Gun Larry. Because I
2: deal out kindnesses as quickly as if they're machine gun guns. <laughs> that's why I assault people with my love and affection. Broadly, and
1: not with any sort of Intense, indiscriminate. In, in no. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> ah.
2: You may come off rude, but you're a
1: kind man. You keep, you, you keep doing this half compliment. <laughs> <laughs> just you keep doing a half compliment, where you're like, "Oh, that seemed a little bit rude, but look at your sheepskin." Or, Hey, yeah, you seem like a nice guy. If you're up. You, you, you just, just, just let me, just let me get some sleep on this.
0: isn't it? Oh, now you're moving away. What? You it seems like you have a lot to do today. Well, I have a paint job to finish. Okay. It's just that this thin hay is barely keeping me warm, and I just could use some rest. I only have one night to stay.
1: It's dry now. No, it's going to keep you really warm. As you said that. Uh, So, shut up, shut up. up.
0: (sighs) The chicken's almost tender. It's gonna be great. Oh, don't be that way. He's not that bad. If we make this dinner amazing, you'll get that job. Okay. Here, I, uh, bought you a brand new bottle of scotch on my way home. Don't touch it. I have salmonella on my hands. I'm sorry. I I put it in the sink sink so I remember to wash it. I'm sorry. Wash my scotch. I wanted to perk up your day. Louise, I don't want this job. I don't want... (laughs) <laughs> oh, Louise, I really...
1: You can't do that to me.
0: You can't do that to me every time. I'm trying, I'm strong. I'm trying to be strong. I... I just... I'm holding back.
2: Louise,
1: I don't... <laughs> I'm happy where I am.
2: I'm happy too.
1: You're not convincing me at all. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Here. You're here. chicken. I'm not gonna get sick. I'm not gonna get sick. Don't I'm, I'm, I'm give to. me a hug. You have to just keep your hands away. Luis, you can't keep... <laughs> Look, I love this house. I thought I love you. You. you were about to kiss me. No. You I opened love. your mouth real big. Because I was gonna say something. That's what you do when you're about to kiss me. Will you shut up for one second? I love you, okay? And I love this house. And I love Mary. And I don't want anything to change. I, I just don't... I just feel like this job could take us away. And there's a lot more money, and I know that that makes you more comfortable. But it's... It's just not... It's not going to make me happy. And I, I don't feel like compromising anymore. anymore don't.
2: <laughs>
1: it's just not the same anymore. I think I made you, you... sick. Oh, God. I'm making that sick face you <laughs> uh. <laughs> make. I, I
2: don't,
1: you don't look happy at all. I'm not. You're, you're strong on me into a dinner strong arm me into a weird kiss. <laughs> I,
0: I just. I was trying to be
1: sweet to your signals. And you're just mixing them up. My signals are perfectly clear. My signals are this: Beep. I don't want to have this dinner with the interviewer. I don't want to move. I don't want to quit my job. I just want to keep things exactly how they are right now. Boom! Okay. Now I'll do the dinner if you don't want to, I'll Well, you're it. already tenderizing the chicken. Oh, We'll eat it out of ourselves. Okay. Okay. I don't want you to compromise for me. No! <laughs> <laughs> You went to that expensive shave shop. I did. <laughs>
0: you got a new
1: three-piece
0: suit. I did. <laughs> oh. Oh. Whoa.
1: We're uh, empty. It was the last four dollars <laughs> I had. I I I just run on Amazon gift cards.
0: I bought this on Prime. Listen, if uh. You need a place to stay. I do. I've just come from a farmhouse that was marked with a red X on the mailbox.
1: No kidding.
0: You yeah. gotta have a halo? Oh my god, yes. I know that guy. And think he can do no wrong. I wonder if he remembers me. <laughs> hey, you're uh. You're Fat Phil. Yep!
1: Told you not to come around here anymore. Well, sir, I, I have <laughs> but one request.
0: Can I have a pie? <laughs> Everyone thinks just because I got a halo on my head, they're going to walk up into my barn and get
1: themselves a pie. Hmm. Well, you can have one. <laughs> See? I can tell. As you have me this pie, but I do me and say so myself but the wafts of vanilla smell coming off of you and into my face is a wonderful and calming miasma.
2: <laughs>
1: Are those holes in your hand? <laughs> I was recently born again. Oh, I can't help but notice, but they're believing the blood of Christ, which is falling on the ground
0: and making those flowers grow. Well, yeah. One day, someone will drink this blood, and they will eat that pie, because that pie is my body, and these flowers are my blood. so real quick, let's just talk a little bit about the set. How did you, uh, how'd you, well, I'll, I'll talk first because I was trying to just, I'll just let you know how I was trying to, I, I, I did, I was trying to, uh, uh, surprise myself and like grab some things at times and give them to you. I don't know if that went well at all for me. (laughs) And a couple of times, like if I saw like you were, um, there's one scene like you got talking, I was like, I'm just going to try to keep kissing you. Uh, and, um, that also was weird for me. How did you? How did you like the set?
1: I liked it. Fine. Um, one thing uh, I liked about it, and I think this is kind of the thing that me and you in particular have together when we play, is uh, I like having the allowance to do a really like. Uh, I felt relaxed, because I, I trust you a lot. I don't care about, no offense, guys, I don't care about the audience, like, in that, like, that was a moment where I wasn't really caring about the audience at all. Sorry, uh, I just like playing with you in that way. Like, yeah, I
0: did feel that first scene was like, there was a good couple, I don't know, know if this is positive or negative, but I love, when you were saying, like, let's just relax, like, there was a while before I think we found that scene. Mm-hmm. uh, but I was like, I'm not gonna worry about it. I'm just gonna have a good time with Greg and um figure out where this is going and uh and i I liked where it got to, yeah, and I was even like, we didn't talk about if we were gonna edit or not, so
1: <laughs> I would have been fine like to me that 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 just was rolling towards that. a mono where we were yeah. gonna like, I felt like we were digging in right then, and I would have been perfectly happy to play that uh, one for 15 more minutes. Now, whether or not you guys would have, uh, I don't care.
0: Uh, cool. Let's take, I, I heard someone walk up there. Let's take a question. Hi, my name's
2: DJ. Hi,
0: DJ. Hi,
2: DJ. Um, thank you for having us. Great, you're awesome. Aw. I just want to say, okay, like. The first first kind of rules are like, uh, yes, and follow the follower, and there are no rules. And when you say something like, don't have any ego in the scene, and we're kind of like pushed to
1: be ourselves in our scenes, how do we separate the reality
0: that we're creating from ourselves and not have ego in that scene? I was deep. Did you follow that? I think I did. Uh,
1: When I say play without ego, I don't mean play without yourself, I mean, play without defensiveness, and play, with, play without fear, play without thinking about your ego, um, you should always inform yourself, you can't help but inform yourself from who you are and your personality, you should always bring that, um, that whole idea of the thin veil when you put a character together, uh, I think is, is, is a good rule of thumb to use. Um, I don't see the conflict. I probably just didn't say it very well. So when I say leave the ego behind, I mean leave the fear behind and leave the worry behind.
2: Great.
0: Uh, I think there's another one up there. And I think we, we should still repeat these. I don't know how well yeah. the mic can be, so we'll do that. Hi.
2: Uh, my question is, how did you develop your excellent project work? What advice... Do you have for those
0: who are trying to their you uh, so that was, uh, how how you developed your object work and some advice for young object work developers
1: uh, spend two years of your improv career absolutely terrified about being on stage and uh, uh, make stuff with your hands to take that nervousness away uh, that was pretty much it I used object work a lot of times when I was just nervous, when I was really, really nervous, I'd constantly be fixing a radiator which was my go-to for about (laughs) five years was fixing a radiator, I'd just go right to the middle of the stage, down and then work a valve that's it.
0: I can think of three scenes we've done where you were (laughs) fixing or like a water heater or a radiator yep, yep, I'm
1: always fixing something they were great uh, I think just uh, be, be very conscious of uh, in your life. is the, the best practice is just in your life. Just every once in a while, common, everyday things. Feel the weight of things. Um, when you conceptualize an object on stage, it has to be there. You have to have all aspects of it in your head. So one thing that I don't do but I love the idea of is that if you're at an office and you're going clickety-clack, clickety-clack on a keyboard, don't just clickety-clack. Be typing words. B working on a spreadsheet. Take that extra step to populate that, and I think that you will find objects are more real in your conception of the space, and that will help a lot. Just taking that extra step of putting that detail in.
0: Love it. Uh, Any other questions from you guys? Ooh. There's one up there.
1: Uh, is there anything that, that you find that helps you immediately before a show to get ready? Anything you like to do to maybe get you out of your outside world head and into the improv space? Uh, I really like... Oh, the question is, um, before a show, um, how do you get into improv mode, basically? From 9 to 5, Greg, to... It's at the stage, motherfuckers, Greg! <laughs> Uh, I am a, I, I, uh, I'm a jumper. I like jumping. I like moving. I like stretching. I like feeling, uh, physical backstage and touching the people I'm working with. Um, I think that's it. I think, um, uh, you just have to have some sort of intensity before you go out there. Uh, even if it's artificial intensity, I think that's what sort of gets you focused in on coming on stage because just walking on stage with nothing, may work for some people, but I need to have a little bit of a spark, a little bit of concentration, a little bit of like a spirit decor, or however you say that. I just fucked it up. Um, just some sort of uh, camaraderie I think is really, really important. Um, so basically just touch, connect, laugh, smile, get with other people. Uh, one of my favorite things with Irony City is we used to get together and we do a little cheer before every show. It's corny, but I loved it. Uh, uh, my cheer was always uh, fuck the audience. I'm <laughs> realizing I, realized, like, I have some weird, <laughs> I have some weird things about we that. But yeah, just sit
0: get... on a couch and work through that. Yeah. Uh, good. Any other questions? Someone in the uh, dark. Yes, one more probably. Um. Okay. So as
2: a newer improviser um, and as you're working through improv
1: uh, education, you have classes. Start being on some teams, workshops, and I feel like I have different play styles for kind of every context I'm in, so do you have any advice as to how to kind of
0: synthesize everything into your own play style? Uh, that's uh, so, actually... So this is uh, mm-hmm. newer improvisers playing differently on different teams. How can they get more consistent in their work?
1: I'd say that you're already doing exactly what you should be doing. That is so encouraging to hear. And to hear that you are playing different in different groups is great. I think that's how it really should be um uh, improv uh to me is a, almost like an athletic event it requires lots of muscle memory which just comes from repetition it requires a lot of skills that support other skills so when you're working on one team where you might be doing a lot more of sort of like far out characters and very like you, you the way that you fit into that chemistry is your brash and big and you bring energy and bring self up. and if you happen to be in another team where you're a little more of a thinker a little bit more of a supporter a little bit more of a second beat initiator kind of person uh, that's awesome Because you're working these skills and it's getting stronger in both. And I wouldn't worry consciously about synthesizing that because what I think will happen is on the next project that inspires you, the strengths that you've built up in those other places will come together and you're just going to become a more complete player. Um, I think people are very sensitive to to the context that they're in, to the forms they play and to the players that they play with. So that's great because you're going to fit into something else even better like the stuff will come together
0: and what about the flip so if you're on either a number of teams where you play similarly or you you don't have that perspective how how do you push yourself to either get surround get on different teams or play with people so that you can be playing differently
1: i think that in that case if you feel like you're just doing the same thing in a bunch of different places um Get out or change those places. New coaches is is important. New context going on uh, workshops are huge. I think classes, anything that sort of breaks the rhythm that you're in. Because if you go out somewhere else and you're working that muscle that you haven't worked before just like working in other groups, you're going to bring that back on some level to all of the work that you do. So it's just a matter of continuous improvement and continuously challenging yourself and going to where the challenge is. Um, If you're you're on a team that's not inspiring you anymore, that's bad, and you have to either fix it or get out, period. And that sucks, and especially for a young community like Pittsburgh, that can be really hard to do because everybody's friends... But you have to go where the challenge is. You have to increase the weight. Always.
0: Awesome. Well, we're just about out of time. Uh, I also didn't prepare you for this, but I don't know exactly when this is going to go out. Let's Uh hope a week or so. Do you have anything you want to plug?
1: Well, I have uh, very exciting news, which is the Death Show is going to be a weekly show here at the Steel City Improv Theater. So look forward to that. It's going to be on uh, Saturdays, so check the schedule. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Awesome.
1: Oh, can I plug uh, one other thing? Please. Uh, I have an uh, a improv blog that I'm plugging away at. Um, it's really... Uh, I'm not sure if it's good, but check it out. It is It has good. a great URL, and I think that's really what <laughs> I want to brag about. It's, it's www.yesyesandfuckyes.com. Or if you want to carve it up, yes, yes, and fuck fuckyes.com. <laughs> so go check it out. Um, leave comments. I love discussing things, especially when I throw stuff up there that I'm not sure of. I want a discussion. So go check it out.
0: Awesome. Um, so uh, thank you. Do I have anything to plug? I guess just this. Uh, so I'll talk about that in a second. So thank you all seriously so much for coming again. You guys have been awesome. Yeah. Um, please come back next month, Saturday, April 20th. Um, we will have Kristen and Amy, who are in town from Philadelphia, the purveyors of the Kristen and Amy show, um, and a bunch of other stuff that I did not prepare by bywise for this show. Um, but they are so awesome. Um, they've been into Pittsburgh once before and are going to be teaching workshops and, um, doing a show and here on the podcast. Um, this podcast was recorded in front of a live audience at the Steel City Improv Theater. Yeah, Yeah. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Special thanks to um, Omar Nellis for production support. Rocking it on the ones and twos. Woody Trennan for tech. The beautiful and talented Michelle Horsley for our theme song. Yeah. Uh, and Fernando for our closing theme. And of course, Greg Gelati. This guy, uh, For this and past episodes, visit brianmgray.com podcast uh where I also have a blog and please 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 if you like the show if you like the show uh <laughs> leave a review on iTunes where my podcast is actually at now thank you guys have an awesome night
1: bye thank you <laughs> guys